0: How's it going, everybody? Aloha and welcome back to the Brick House for another edition of Bose Football Final here at KHON2.com. And everywhere you listen to podcasts, I'm your host, Rob DeMello. And joining me, Spectrum Sports Analyst, former University of Hawaii player and coach Rich Miano. And Rich, oh, these are the fun ones. We are going to be talking about the University of Hawaii season opening win at Fresno State 34-19, an emphatic W to start this unprecedented eight game mountain west conference schedule here in 2020 which of course served as the debut of university of hawaii head coach todd graham and so as the old saying goes you only have one chance to make a first impression so the the first thing i want to ask you is what was the first impression of this 2020 bose team and the todd graham era which may i may i add He becomes the first coach since Bob Wagner in 1987 to win his debut and the first to do it on the road since Tommy Kukui in 1941. Pretty
1: pretty impressive, Rob. And, uh, you know, you and I talked last week about the amount of talent on the offensive line and the experience. We talked about Shevin Cordero's ability to extend plays and make all the throws and come off the bench and be a starter and a a guy that any university would be uh, lucky to have. We talked about the wide receivers in terms of the Melky Stovalls, the Rico Buzzies, the new guys on the squad to go along with the Jarrett Smarts and the Lincoln Victors and all those guys. And we talked about having a running back. So we kind of anticipated the offense could – potentially be explosive. And they were. And I I think the thing that was most impressive is how physical they were and how they ran the ball in the Wildcat and Calvin Turner. Um, But to me, the biggest surprise of this game was defensively. I've been saying for years, in order to play good defensive football doesn't necessarily mean you contain a team and uh, hold them under 300 yards, under 20 points. It means you take the ball away. You give it back to your offense. You give them more possessions, more shots at goals and good things are going to happen. So pleasantly surprised. It's a it's always a tough out when you go to Fresno on the road. And uh, I think Todd Graham has instilled the discipline, the hard work and and the toughness for this football
0: team. Very impressive what they're able to do. And I think the thing that stands out and you would mentioned it is that this team has a plan. This team has a system and whether it was at times of the game that it was working, times that it wasn't working, you could see exactly the identity of this football team in week number one, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. And of course, we're going to get into all of those. We're going to get into the defense. We're going to get into the specifics, but Of course, the quarterback is the position that has everybody's eyes on it. You're under a magnifying glass when you're at that position, especially at the college football level. And when you look at Chevin Cordero, the first opportunity of truly being the QB one for his hometown team, his home state college, the University of Hawaii. He was absolutely spectacular. When you look at what he was able to do throwing the ball, 20 of 30 for 229 yards, no touchdowns, but more importantly, no interceptions. He had no turnovers, and that's including fumbles. And when you add to it that, He had 13 carries in this game for 116 yards and two touchdowns. This was about as efficient as you can be at the quarterback position, and that is the one thing that Todd Graham has been preaching from the beginning of what he needs out of that spot, and that is someone that doesn't turn the ball over and someone who could be a leader of a football team. And when you look at co-captain Shevin Cordero in his redshirt sophomore season, this guy delivered. Uh, how would you rate his performance here against Fresno State? An obvious victory. And with him being the quarterback, I mean, that guy's going to get a gold star. Yeah,
1: there's no question. I think if you, you're on the A to F scale, I give him an A. And I and it, all of, you could see leadership. You could see the command of the huddle. You could see the command of his players. You could see him on the sidelines you know after drives with G.J. Kenny, you could see him continuing trying to get better and, and I think you know we've all seen his ability to escape pressure you know his ability even when Fresno was disciplined and stayed in their pass rush lanes Shevin Cadero is going to find a crevice he's going to find a crack he's going to not only pick up that first down, but it could be 10, it could be 15, it could be 30, it could be 50. I mean, he has the quickness. He has that ability to get skinny. He has the ability to extend plays and he also can make all the throws and even a couple of his long ball throws, the one that he overthrew to Rico Bussi, you know, that is a tough timing type of pattern, but you saw trajectory throws. You saw touch throws, you saw frozen ropes. And I think, we are looking at a guy, whether you consider this his COVID redshirt year, and he gets that extra year and actually plays six years at the University of Hawaii. And it's way too early to be talking about 17,000 yards with Timmy Chang. It's way too early to talk about the three year records of Colt Brennan. But I'll tell you one thing, if you're a defensive coordinator, you're not sleeping at night because the ability to make all the throws along with the cerebral ability and along with the ability to extend plays and hurt you in the run game. You mentioned quarterback power. You mentioned quarterback draw. They've taken, and I give Coach Graham, Bo Graham, G.J. Kinney, that offensive staff, they took what Hawaii did well last year and they added a few wrinkles.
0: You know, you say it's way too early to talk about those things, about the the amount of yardage you could put up, about the records that are there at the University of Hawaii. It it might be too early, but it's fun to talk about it, (laughs) right? For sure. And what was fun for this University of Hawaii offense to watch? just it kind of developed throughout the game was the rushing attack. And we talked about it with Chevin Cordero being the leading rusher with 116 yards, but he didn't do this alone. You look at Miles Reed, 109 yards rushing Calvin Turner jr. Had eight carries for 61 yards and two touchdowns dayday Hunter eight carries 43 yards rushing. So when you look at all of the ball carriers for the university of Hawaii, everyone averaged over five yards per pop because this team finishes with 53 carries 323, with a yards per rush of 6.1. How did this happen, Rich? How, how did you, the University of Hawaii in, in this short amount of time, because remember, we, we talked about it heading into this game. They had four weeks of on-field practice, but a whole lot of time on the drawing board, a whole lot of time on Zoom calls to build a system. Do you look at that and say to yourself, you know, this is This could be how they found their identity so quickly was because of the unprecedented year where there was a lot more homework being done than actual on-field work. Well, you got to give
1: credit. Whoever handles this pandemic better in the off-season from a conditioning standpoint and also from an administrative standpoint. And you have to say right now, Hawaii coming out of the gate uh, has handled this much better than Fresno State. But I think, and you mentioned you know, we knew Miles Reed after 908 yards and 5.2 yards of carry last year was a heck of a running back. But, you know, we heard Calvin Turner, you know, you can watch some film when he was quarterback at Jacksonville uh, University. But was he going to be like Taysom Hill? I mean, that's a stretch to throw that name on this young man. But he proved to be all of that. And then maybe some because that Wildcat formation is going to continue to expand. There'll be pass plays off of that there'll be different run plays off of that and it's a headache for defensive coordinators to have to study not only run and shoot concepts not only air raid concepts now you got wildcat concepts you have an h back you have 20 personnel with two backs in the backfield, and you know so we knew the potential of chevin running the football and day day hunter was a pleasant surprise because it doesn't matter if a kid has 33 touchdowns in high school he has you know huge rushing numbers because then you talk about competition that's high school He's physical. He's got ability to make you miss. He was a real pleasant surprise. But, Rob, we'd be remissed if we didn't talk about the offensive line. And I think the resiliency and the adversity that the offensive line faced early. I mean, Ill Manning, when he got beat a couple of times, I was kind of beside myself. And then when Gene Pryor got beat and then he had a couple of penalties early, that line had to be a little bit shaken. But you know what they did? They pinned back their ears. They got to the sidelines. They made halftime adjustments. And I give Coach Bennett credit on this because you know what? If you're having a tough pass rush matchup, you know what? Let's run the football, slow this, this pass rush down, and let's get physical because those five guys, including Michael LTC who was a surprise starter, to me, won the war at the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and I'm so glad you brought this up because the offensive line in that first quarter gives up four sacks. They give up three sacks to Kwame Jones, right? And so the entire University of Hawaii viewing audience, including everyone on Spectrum, right, you and Robert Kikaula in the booth, and, and I'm watching the game with R.J. Hollis, Kavika Hallams, and Nadi Lawa, and and we are all stunned because we had spent a whole half hour before that game saying, hey, there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of things to, to, to be concerned about possibly, but the one thing you don't have to worry about is that the offensive right. line is going to be the strongest unit of this team with all five returning starters with nine players with starting experience coming back here for 2020. And then, like you said, w- when Jones gets sacks on each of the tackles in the first quarter, because first he gets one, on you know, Il Manning, then he goes to the other side of the line and he gets one on Gene Pryor um, there, 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 there was a cause for concern, but with that being said, the entire rest of the game, zero sacks. The entire rest of the game, no pressure on Chevin Cordero. He, anytime there was any kind of pressure from the outside, as you mentioned, Chevin Cordero knew exactly what to do with it. So what did you see in regards to how did they make this adjustment, uh, or was it something as simple as this was just a team that, that wasn't ready um, because of the time off or, or maybe just – Uh, wasn't quite up to speed to the game of football that Fresno State was offering in that first quarter. How did they turn it around so quickly?
1: Well, one, I think it was, you know, on the sidelines between series in terms of you guys are better than this. You guys need to trust your technique. But I think at halftime, what they did, and it was really a a nice wrinkle when they came out with 20 personnel. So basically that had two backs now. So the tackles are still basically on air with no help by tight ends, but there's two backs to go max protect right so you have an extra guy in there for protection but then they also went with the h back with what i call 11 personnel and that was derek thomas and also calvin turner they were chipping on that defensive end before they were released late into patterns and stuff so that to me that's coaching that's guys going into halftime recognizing they got a little problem and if in order to solve this Problem. Let's give the tackle a little bit of help. Let's give the offensive line a little bit of help. Cause you know, when you are in a formation without two backs, when you are in a formation without a tight end, you basically a one-on-one on a four-man defensive line on the outside. And so I think that the coaches did a great job. I think the players stepped up and trusted their technique.
0: You know, it's really interesting that you talk about that coaching, because uh, I had this conversation with, with, with our good friend, Sam Spangler, the, the news anchor at KHON2, and, and we were talking about what we saw, and, and I brought it up earlier in regards to how quickly this team found its identity, how balanced of attack, of an attack it was, and, and how fundamentally sound this team was in week one, which was something that... You know, with all due respect to everyone involved, we didn't expect because of the situation, the COVID-19 pandemic and, and just everything that goes on outside of the game of football during this time and, and how un, uh, normal circumstances that, that there are. But Salmon brought up that, you know, this is the first time in a long time that the University of Hawaii is being led by someone that isn't a head coach for the first time in his career right? And so how much credit goes to Todd Graham and, and how identifiable is it for you as a coach that, that is that has been in so many coaches meetings, that have been in so many game plan meetings, watching how they played the game of football and be able to say to yourself, like, yeah, th- this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, even at the high school level, when I finally
1: became a head coach and watching June Jones and Greg McMackin and and some of the guys uh, that I played for in the National Football League, you know, it, it, whoever is the chief, whoever is the guy in charge, if he's panicking, then everybody starts to panic. So you saw Todd Graham. I'm sure he was disappointed. The opening kickoff uh, return was a fumble. You had a couple of sacks early. You had some penalties early. You had turnovers early. And I think that you know what he understood that. Hey, guys, this is for quarters. We Once we settle down and and, and trust in our technique, trust in what we're coaching, and and, and these kids start to believe in in who we are as coaches, it's all going to be fine. So I I think it is a huge feather in the cap to have a veteran coach on the sidelines through adversity and to be resilient in those situations. It's all about the leader. And um, I think he did a good job. And I think his assistant coaches did too. And you could see Todd Graham wasn't just coaching players on the sidelines. He's coaching coaches on the sideline. He's trying to get Victor Santa Cruz to understand the intricacies of this defense, because he's the head coach, the de facto defensive coordinator, but he's also involved with Bo Graham on the offensive side and not just in the passing game situations, but the substitution, whether we're going to go wildcat in this short yardage red zone, situational football falls upon the head coach. He talked about it himself. He said, I will tell these guys, if we're in four down territory and they have two downs to make five yards instead of one. But I'm going to try to leave some of this up to these guys because I believe in those guys. And I think the assistant coaches feel like he's not micromanaging to a point where he's negative, but he's positive and he believes in these guys.
0: Now, I want to talk about the defense, but before we we kind of put a bow on the offensive uh, performance against Fresno State, uh, worth noting, Rico Bussey makes his UH debut. He's the transfer from North Texas. He has eight catches for 86 yards. Jared Smart, the returning 1,000-yard receiving for, receiver for this football team, has seven catches for 89 yards. Nick Martner gets a couple catches. Calvin Turner gets a couple catches. And, of course, he does what he is able to do from the, the running game. Um, I was a little surprised in regards to how many – Receivers caught balls because when you look at Todd Graham's history, it was all about game to participation and so many players getting involved in and, and although so many players did get involved when you add in the rushing attack, um, but uh, for, for just three wide receivers to, to get catches uh, was kind of surprising to me. One thing I want to note, Jared Smart has played in 16 games as a Rainbow Warrior dating back to last season. He has a catch in all 16 games. So Mr. Dependable there, the junior college transfer from Laney College in the Bay Area. So want to move to defense because this was, uh, like you mentioned, a, a game that the University of Hawaii saw early adversity. Opening kickoff goes the other way. Uh, and and I, I like the way Todd Graham referred to it is before we even unpacked our bags, we were down 7-0. Um, But then was able to respond in the way they did, giving up 19 points for the rest of the game. The red zone defense was phenomenal, where uh, a lot of opportunities in the red zone for Fresno State, but you only give up two touchdowns, you you force more field goals uh, than you do give up touchdowns. You have Darius Muasau with 11 tackles uh, as the team leader in that one. Eugene Ford with two interceptions. Quentin Frazier has four tackles, a tackle for loss, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, as UH has four takeaways in a game for the first time since 2016. Um, What what was the big takeaway for you on the takeaways by the defense? Well,
1: I think overall, Quentin Frazier's uh, performance in terms of making big plays, I mean, the one sack he had, like how we used to grade as coaches is if you do something that's good, you get a positive. If you do something really good, like say you have a pass broken up or an interception or a cause fumble, you get two positives. Well, he had not only a sack, a cause fumble, but he had a recovered fumble. But more importantly than all that it was the athleticism to make that play. He like, he flew through the year. It
0: was a flying knee. It was like Jorge Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: I, It was beautiful to watch because it's, 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 it's epic. It's poetry in motion. It's, it's athleticism at its finest point. But so that was his overall game plan. You know, his overall performance was good. And, and this is a guy we didn't know about. We knew he was smart. We knew he played for Azusa Pacific in, in, in Victor, Santa Cruz. We knew that he was a you know six feet, one hundred ninety-five pounds, probably a safety. But in this defense, more of a linebacker. Uh, probably can help lining guys up. Um, I was impressed by that. But Justice Tavai, early in that football game, to me, he was penetrating. And Todd Graham had talked about that he might have been the. Biggest surprise the last couple weeks of training camp uh, because it took a while to understand the system and learn what, you know, his alignments and the responsibilities. But I thought that was big because we knew to Allah is a tough block. We knew that that guy would penetrate and make plays and disrupt the running inside running game. Pleasantly surprised with Justice, ple- presently surprised with Quentin Frazier. Corey Bethley, I saw one play, Rob, and I said it on the broadcast, reminded me of Ronnie Lott. As the quarterback threw to the tight end hot because it was a zone dog and he was the third guy in and the linebacker was slow to get, he was playing the free safety position, which, again, position versatility. We talked about him at linebacker, but he was back in the safety. He was playing some Tampa two in the hole. But he was moving before anybody else was moving. And after the play, he goes like this. And what that told me and Robert, and Robert pointed that out, this guy has watched film. This guy has listened to coaching. He understood the read quicker than anybody else. So no matter how fast he is, he's playing faster. He's making plays. Darius Moussa, 11 tackles. I mean, you know, that kid, you would have never thought he was a freshman last year. It's hard to think he's a sophomore this year. He's a Steve Lahore. He's a Jelani Tavai. He's a Solomon Elimian in the making. He's a guy that's going to have 100 tackles per year for the next three years. Pleasantly surprised, Eugene Ford, the two big plays, the captain. I mean, there were a lot of things to, to hang your hat on, but I'll tell you one thing. There's a lot of work to do on this defense as well, and these are all teachable moments and teachable mistakes. There were some, I thought, some uh, situations in the front seven where they weren't physical enough, that they gave up some gashing runs. There was the post pattern to uh, against uh, – the cornerback, uh, Davis, Cortez Davis. And here's the deal, Rob. In that particular post pattern, that was huge for about 50, 60 yards. They held the free safety, and that's going to happen. And you're going to get some posts thrown on you. Todd Graham had mentioned that as well. That's why he's the field corner. The most disturbing thing, I think, was the cornerback, the new cornerback. Richardson got beat off the line of scrimmage on that fade, did not even touch the receiver, and maybe that's why he's a boundary corner but that was a physical mistake, but overall defense four turnovers, a uh, minus Cameron,
0: uh, Cameron Lockridge, the, 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 the other corner uh, opposite yes. Cortez Davis there for the university of Hawaii. And, you know, you talked about physicality uh, offensively, the physicality was there and it, it was very evident because it is essentially how they closed the game out. Right. I mean, it was smash mouth football in a way. I mean, it was almost a, uh, 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 a finesse smash mouth football to, to close out Fresno state. Uh, to me, then- Rob, to me,
1: not to cut you off, but you, you know how you talk about the four minute uh, offense or the four minute defense in the NFL. It was like six and a half minutes left and Hawaii. Went to that because they knew they were more physical and they could control the clock and make first downs and score when they needed
0: to. You know, and, and so what I was leading to was the question of, from what you saw, the physicality of this football team, was that something that they were more physical than Fresno State? Or do you foresee this as this is a very physical team in the Mountain West Conference period? Yeah, I'm not sure how good Fresno State is, but I will say this. With
1: the addition to Justice Tavai to add to Blessment to Allah, with the play of Darius Mursao and whether you count Quentin Frazier or Corey uh, Bethel as linebackers, because they're all over the place, and they, this scheme is probably confusing to most offensive coordinators, they're physical. Um, so when you add Jeremiah Pritchett to that, who's probably the most physical one out of all the linebackers,
0: there's a physical identity of this team that's taking place. Very interesting. Well, obviously there we could sit here all night, all day long, All next morning, all next week, and talk about this Fresno State victory. uh, An emphatic 2020 season opener, 34-19 on the road to beat an arch rival to get this unprecedented season underway. But we do want to start moving ahead and talking about what's next for this University of Hawaii football team. But before we do that, let's crack open the Bose football final mailbox. As always, you can send in your comments or questions to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Rob DeMello or on Twitter at at Rob DeMello, K-H-O-N. And our first question to you, Rich, it comes from Hawaii versus everyone on Twitter. Sounds like he's a busy guy. He's going up against everybody. But why do you think Coach Graham called two timeouts at the end of the second quarter with Fresno kneeling? Was it gamesmanship or was there strategy involved? What do you think it is? And, and he says that he didn't know why, but it makes him love Coach Graham even more either way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think um, it's some strategy. It's some gamesmanship. And I think when you're dealing with Todd Graham, you're dealing with a guy that's been at four other places. He's coming into the Mountain West Conference. He's been with the big boys. And I think he's saying, hey, we're going to make you execute every single play. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win football games. And yeah, I think that's, uh, again, I re- uh, referred to this on the broadcast. He's friends with Bill Belichick. There's a lot of similarities uh, with Bill Belichick. And, hey, when you snap that ball at the end of the half, we may not just touch you. We may come off the football because that's how we're trained. We're trained to play each and every snap.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, although Fresno State trying to bleed the clock out so they could get into the locker rooms healthier and, and safely, um, but they have to convert those snaps because if you botch a, 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 a one of those snaps that you're trying to get out of there, then it's Hawaii football, and Hawaii could put up points at the end of the quarter. So I, we don't see it often, but uh, obviously uh, it, it could work out in a team's favor, eventually have one of those crazy Herm Edwards kind of plays, right, uh, for the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. That's Joe your guy, Joe
1: in not only Joe Prasarchik, how about when rolling of- did that at nevada last year when he acted like he was taking a knee and Mm -hmm. he and he did that trickeration hey guys don't let your guard down play every snap
0: yeah and that goes for life in general not just the game of football (laughs) right there you go bro all right our next question comes from we Dem bows uh twitter why does hawaii's defense have problems with getting beat on big passing plays downfield what can be done to fix the problem and before you answer that question uh three chunk passing plays in this game, 32 yards, 46 yards, 51 yards. As a, a former secondary coach yourself, I mean, is there a magic number that, that you look in in four quarters? Because for me, you know, three big explosive passing plays in a four quarter game that has 60 something snaps. I mean, I, just for me on the surface, I, I think that, well, there's two teams playing this game. You have to imagine that that's going to happen. But are those three plays uh, worrisome to you?
1: Not really, Rob, because you mentioned it, and you know, they have more shots on goal when you're going tempo offense, when you're running the air raid or the run and shoot. They have more possessions. They have more plays. They have more opportunities. And when you get up, people are going to throw the ball more. And and just from a schematic standpoint, when you're running read option, RPOs, zone reads, whatever else, you're holding the free safety. Therefore, the cornerback not only has to cover the – Speed break out, the curl, the slant, the in, the out, but he has to cover the post. So he's by himself, literally on an island. And that's what happened on that particular play. So I wouldn't blame Cortez uh, Davis that much for that one. Now, the other one, yeah, the corner got beat physically. And that's something Abraham Elamimian works uh, diligently at in terms of teaching technique, getting your hands on receivers, slowing down the release. Creating, you know, what we call in phase instead of out of phase uh, type of coverage. So that was a little problem in terms of technique that will continue to be worked upon. But three plays out of 60 plays that are over 20 yards, to me, none of those plays resulted in touchdowns as well. And when you look at the offenses today, these young offensive coordinators, there are so much scheming going on there's so much talent on the field there's so many rules that favor the offense that you can turn on any football game at any level and people ask what's the problem with the defense
0: all right moving to question number three this comes from uh fan curtis on instagram you guys seem to expect who the stars of the game were going to be in last week's show but what surprised you about how uh played on saturday and uh, that's referring uh, i'm assuming to us talking about Calvin Turner Jr. and Rico Bussey, and uh, you know, we can't take credit for Chevin Cordero being a star of the game, right? I mean, I, I think anyone would have pointed at that, but um, this is the kind of a, a Joe Rogan kind of question that he always asked at the end of a UFC fight. What, what surprised you about this one? So, what surprised you, Rich?
1: Well, the thing that didn't surprise me is the amount of talent that Todd Graham already had. And we talked about the offensive line. We talked about smart and we talked about Chevin, and we talked about, you know, uh, obviously uh, Bam Bam. Um, it was, I guess Rico speed breakout, which was successful for six or seven completions and a speed breakout is not a simple throw because it has to be thrown on timing, but it shows you the respect when Chevin comes to the line and he sees a one high uh, safety, he knows he's getting, essentially quarters or thirds on the outside. It's man-to-man coverage. Most of those corners are going to play inside leverage. To run that consecutively that many times shows you the respect they have for Rico Bussi's speed of going deep. It shows you the ability for the quarterback to complete that ball because any ball that's thrown outside the numbers, 80% of all balls are completed inside the numbers. That shows you precision. It shows you accuracy. It shows you timing and rhythm. So that was... And then when he beat the DB... Uh, uh, for the deep ball, and Chevron overthrew that one. It shows you he has the flat-out speed and the respect he's going to get all season long. You are the guy that told me about Calvin Turner, Rob. You are the brains of the whole operation, and <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you you know, even though the media can't go yeah. to practices and stuff, you told me you go back to film at North Texas, you go back to Jacksonville University. You've seen these guys as athletes, and you told me how good this guy was. And you were the first guy that said Taysom Hill, and some people saying Michael Vick. that's a fair comparison. He wears number seven. He's played the quarterback position, but Taysom Hill does it all. I watched this young man become an H-back, become a slot receiver, become a running back, become a quarterback in the Wildcat. And I guarantee you, he can throw it too. So it's going to expand that package. That might've been the most pleasant surprise from a explosive offensive, watch the football type of guy, which most of us are.
0: You know, and I have to say that, you know, we don't go to practice. Right. And and we don't have the kind of access that we normally would with coaches where we're doing Zoom meetings with with all the media in town. And so you can't really get into super specifics and they're not trying to give away too much. And I, I have to be completely honest. I did not know what they were planning to do with Calvin Turner. I just knew who Calvin Turner was. And I, and like you mentioned, I was able to see what Calvin Turner has done in his past. And then you look at what, how creative Todd Graham has been at Arizona state at Tulsa at Pitt at rice. And then it just made sense. Right. And you look at how the game has evolved and you look at what other programs are doing and, and you see this guy come in here, you know, that he can throw the ball, you know, he can run, you know, he can catch. He, But you have Shevin Cordero right there. How can you get him involved? Because if there's one thing that we all knew about Todd Graham coming in, is that he finds ways to get playmakers the ball and that's why we see game participation up in, in teams that he coaches for. And and so I just have to make that clear that I didn't have any Intel. I didn't, you know, <laughs> record practices and I wasn't, you know, on, on, on the, where the SWAT team are perched up at Aloha <laughs> stadium, trying to watch what they were doing. It was just one of those things that, I mean, I, I guessed and, and, uh, and man, Calvin Turner really, um, was able to, to uh to do exactly what i i thought was possible but uh by no means did i know that that was going to happen <laughs> i don't want to take credit for that I was I, just... i'm
1: glad you made that clear because i was starting to think you're clairvoyant i was starting to think rob not only does the research but this guy should go and we should call him vegas rob because he just <laughs> so... knows what's going to happen
0: all right, guys. Well, of course, the mailbox is always open here at Bose Football Finals. Send in your questions or comments, especially after a game, so that as we prepare to do uh, next week's show, we'll be able to see it and try to get the, into the show again. Uh, at Rob DeMello Instagram and Facebook, at Rob DeMello KHON on Twitter. And real quickly, Rich, before we get going on this episode, uh, let's talk about what is next. And so the Rainbow Warrior football team 1-0 to start the season here in 2020. And what is so important about that is that there are no divisions here in the MWC in this eight game season. It is the top two teams based on winning percentage and tiebreakers if necessary that will play in the mountain West conference championship game on December 19th. So Starting 1-0 is huge because you're not going to have that benefit of the Mountain Division being really strong and maybe the West isn't, so you can get a couple of losses and, and get yourself into the, the divisional title game like the University of Hawaii did last season beating San Diego State at the end of the year. It is strictly down to It's every man for himself in the MWC. And so now you go on the road to face Wyoming. Wyoming coming off of a heartbreaking loss in overtime to Nevada, where they were down big. They were down 28 to six, I think at one point in the third quarter, able to tie it, but then lost in overtime to the Wolfpack. Um, Much like when you talk about Todd Graham and what he brings to the table. Craig Bro, the the head coach at Wyoming, he has his style. He has, no matter what the personnel is, a, a way to play the game. And, and so when you look at the Cowboys that are awaiting UH on Friday night, 345 Hawaii time on Fox Sports 1, what are you expecting out of the Pokes?
1: Well, let me first say in the last 20 to 30 years, and again, you're the only guy I know that can go back further than that, Hawaii's never won on the second game of a two game road trip where they stayed on the mainland. And we talked about the distractions, usually, whether you stay in Vegas, we stayed in Houston one time, uh, less distractions in a bubble environment, but th- I said it on the broadcast, Hawaii is a tough out. And again, playing on the road's tough, playing at 7,000 feet of altitude's tough conditioning will come into play. But I, I do feel that this team is going to continue to get better because when you're doing push-ups because you jump off sides, when you're actually being disciplined because you make a mistake, when you buy into the fact that football is the ultimate team game and there's ramifications in the coaches preaching, possess the ball on offense, take it away on defense, uh, minimize penalties and get, like you mentioned just a little while ago, Todd Graham mentioned that in the talk we had on Friday with him is it's not that hard when you get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Who are they? Calvin Turner, Rico Bussey, Shevin Cadero is going to have the ball in his hands all day long. Jared Smart. And then there's maybe another guy or two out of that mix that's going to continue to add to these numbers. But I see Hawaii being very successful on the road i think they're too much to handle offensively and i think they'll get better defensively that doesn't mean four interceptions rob it means shoring up some gap responsibility some gap integrity uh some compression tackles some open field tackling and that's you see the biggest improvement from week one to week two and when you have
0: a disciplined coaching staff i think you have a chance to get a lot better in week two you know, you bring up the road game and the, the, the second game of a back-to-back. And I know in the past when when you're coaching with Coach McMackin, it would be a lot of times in Vegas, right, where no matter where you guys were going to go next, you guys would spend in Vegas. They're in Denver, Colorado this week in regards to the Rainbow Warriors. Uh, when they arrived on Sunday, it was snowing, 15 degrees, <laughs> uh, very cold weather expected for Friday night's game. And, and so when you talk about weather, And severe weather that they could potentially be playing in in Laramie here on Friday night. You were a part of teams that succeeded in cold weather, and it always kind of goes back to well, when you look at those teams, those were really good teams. That was 2006, 2007. The you know, you they were better than the teams they were facing. Um, is that kind of how you view the weather? That it's a little more talked about, then it, it really is an issue because when when you lay it all out, Hawaii has been successful when they have successful teams or good football teams playing teams. in cold weather, right? So, I mean, is that what it all just comes down to? Is that the better team will win no matter what the weather is?
1: Yeah, I think talent canc- cancels out a lot of uh, other things, but uh, going back to that, June Jones always said it's not so much the snow or the rain, it's the wind, and that's just in the throwing game. But the thing that you know, uh, brings a little bit of joy to your heart, so to speak, is the fact that if this does become a cold game and it does become uh, tough to throw the deep comeback route of the out based upon the wind and the snow and the cold weather, uh, the gripping of the football, the Wildcat is there. The 20 personnel is there. The H-back is there. And I don't know if you noticed, but Derek Thomas, when he lined up at that fullback position, he kind of reminded me of Jim Devlin from the Patriots who is retired now but I saw him heat-seeking missile go up and attack linebackers in the mm-hmm. hole along with that solo Vipulu to, to, to Lima Michael Eletisi, Kola uh, Ilm Manning, and, and Gene Pryor. I think we have an offensive line that can get physical in the Mountain West Conference. I think we have a running game and a running back and Miles Reed's physical. Calvin Turner's physical. Shevin Cadero's going to, you know, run with the football.
0: So it's not like we're relying on throwing the ball 70 times a game. Very interesting stuff right there. And the last thing I want to ask you is the battle for the Paniolo Trophy. Uh, Of course, it is a rivalry game between the University of Hawaii and Wyoming that goes back all the way to the Western Athletic Conference days. Uh, Just how special does it make it? And especially when you look at a team that's going to be on the road for an additional week, a team that obviously – tradition means something to him because todd graham explained after the game on saturday that they bring a rock uh, that they're gonna have every single game and so they had the fresno state rock and after the game he picked a player to break that rock and so chevin cordero breaks the rock, and and, and, and it's done in this um, honorary fashion it's symbolic and 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 they view it as okay this let's break this rock. And once that game is over, then let's break the next rock. Let's move to the next rock. And the next rock is Wyoming, but that rock comes with more hardware. And that's the Paniolo trophy. So how much more special does that make it?
1: I think it gives another added incentive to a team that maybe doesn't need that, but it, but it helps. I I think when you talk about the turnover belt, which is harder than hell, you know, WWE, but it's harder than hell, according to Coach Graham, in terms no, of tougher, tougher
0: than hell. Tougher than TTH, hell.
1: TTH, TTH. Yeah, my bad, yeah. bro. The acronym was wrong, but I knew I had you to back me up. Yeah. And, but, Rob, but I, I think people have to start realizing take away the Fred von Oppen years, take away the Norm Chow years, just take away the last couple of years, bowl games, uh, winning eight, nine, 10 games. Hawaii has to be in the same breath right now as Fresno excuse me as Boise and San Diego State and I guarantee you anybody that's watching this tape all of the rest of the Mountain West Conference gets all of the tapes they're going to say wow Hawaii was good last year they have a chance to be better offensively they could uh even be better defensively especially if they can cut down on big plays and take the ball away and I think special teams has a long way to go but I think they'll improve as well Uh, Again, I don't know if I, it's too cliche, but Hawaii is going to be a tough out, not only for Wyoming, but it's going to be a tough out for anyone in this conference.
0: Awesome stuff. Well, it was an awesome start to the 2020 season for the University of Hawaii football team. They're 1-0 after a 34-19 win over Fresno State. And of course, they keep the show on the road. They will be taking on the Wyoming Cowboys, who are 0-1 this Friday night. So keep in mind, this game was originally scheduled for a Saturday, but it was moved national television Friday at 3.45 p.m. Hawaii time. You can watch that game on Fox Sports 1. And of course, then you come back here next Monday for another edition of Bose Football Final. We'll be talking about that one and getting you ready for a hopeful season opener at Aloha Stadium or a home opener at Aloha Stadium against New Mexico on November 7th. Rich Miano, thanks for joining us this week. It was a lot of fun as always. And remember everybody, Bo's and Pokes Friday, 3.45 p.m. Hawaii time on Fox Sports 1. For Coach Rich, I'm Rob DeMello. See you next time. Aloha.